Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Sydney. What up? Welcome. Welcome to the sunny shores of Sydney Harbour. And tonight, we are live at Finder headquarters for our first live event of the year. Amazing. Nearly was not going to happen. No. Why? Because every time I pack up after a live event, I say I'm never doing that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks to the hospitality but of Finder. Thank you to Finder, Fred and Nigel from Your Home Financial Solutions and all of you wonderful people. We're doing it. We are. We're here. Now, a couple of things. I'd like to thank, before you like get into it, uh, Jess Knaus, who is our new producer. So everyone give her a round of applause. Yeah, Jess. Um, She's straight things, you up. Things are, like, they're moving pretty fast here. The, the who? <laughs> the things. The things in life. Yeah. And Nath- Jess, has, Jess has straightened you out. Jess has straightened me out. Mm. I still surprise her, though. Nathan, who's on the camera here. Shout out, Nathan. Yeah, Nathan. Nathan is now, as of the 2nd of March, is now a full-time editor for our podcast. Quit, so, his, quit his day job. Quit his day job, and he's joining us. Yeah. And that's going to be really wild. So, you know, weirdly, call me Spiro. Go on. Hey, Spiro. Ten years ago, on the 2nd of March, I started my business. And on ten years this year, on the 2nd of March, my first employee on Mark II. Wow. The universe. It is speaking to me. Thank you to Laura from La La Social Club down the front for doing all our social media. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to Laura, Shell. Laura looks like Nathan. Sorry? Laura looks like Nathan. Yeah, they're brother and sister. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're a really talented family. Yeah, they Shell are. Shell and M, My Millennial Career, it's a banging podcast. So yeah. what we're going to do is we might let Shell and M just give everyone out there in uh, podcast land uh, an update yes. of where the career podcast is at and... Come on down. Give him a hand, everyone. Yeah, girls. Thanks, Glenn. Hey, hey. Oh, we've got a lot Thank coming you. up in podcast land. Em's been on holidays, but she's back and we're ready to go. So what's coming up, Em? Okay, so coming up, we've got three episodes we know we're definitely doing and we're probably scrapping over what the others are. So the three we'll tell you about, we're going to do career goal setting. We're going to do internal career movement. So if you're staying in the same organisation but maybe looking to do something different. And we're also going to do Exiting Well, which we thought might be a nice follow-up to toxic workplace culture or should I stay and should I go? Yeah. So if you need some top tips on leaving, check it out. (laughs) Yeah, come and listen. Um, I promised Shell before we got up here that... 
I wouldn't say wet your appetite, but I'm going to say wet your appetite. Okay, you did it. Because oh, <laughs> it's cringeworthy. It's the worst it's expression I've ever heard. But mm, good times. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I actually do have a quick question uh, to wet your appetite for the exiting. And you said it again. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, that like, that's like the sixth time she said that tonight. Did you miss me while I was on holidays? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we've just got a little question about exiting well and we thought while we'd been given a very strict five minutes max, we might uh, chuck this one over to Shelley. She can do the hard work. I'm getting <laughs> Or we're wrapping it up. We're not doing a question. I also said no, I bet Glenn... Joking, yeah, I was like, Glenn will change the rules on us once we're up there. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I might just put Shell on the spot because I'm still warming up from holidays and ask the question and, and see if this resonates with anybody. So Shell, um, we have this question from Michelle who's 31 from Adelaide and she's a communications professional. And basically what's happened is she is leaving her job and she's been offered the opportunity to have an exit interview. So Michelle has asked, I once left a job which I was very burnt out in. Oh, sorry, she's already left. There we go. I've prepped well. I once left a job which I was very burnt out in and there was a lot of issues with management which were negatively impacting a lot of people. So I thought the best thing to do was to try and help by being really honest. But uh, because I wanted to improve it for my friends and colleagues, but I just really wasn't sure if that was the right thing to do. Yeah, right. So um, I think exit interviews are a good opportunity to drop as many workplace bombs as you can. <laughs> No, not really. I think my pet hate, if you're a good employee, so from a HR background and perspective, if you're a good employee, the worst thing for HR or for a manager is to have an exit interview with someone who's leaving due to an issue that maybe the organisation could have resolved. So if it was me and it was one of our employees and they were coming to me, I would much prefer to know before the exit interview. So let's rewind three months, four months have the conversation earlier because here's a top secret that employers don't often tell you. They vibe issues in the workplace. Issues, I just said. <laughs> issues. They vibe issues but sometimes they actually need more data, so more examples from employees. So as an employee, bringing that forward to your be it manager or HR person or whoever it might be, can actually help them to fix it. But without your input, the worst thing that can happen from a HR person is to sit in an exit interview with a really good employee and hear them tell me all the problems and I think, oh my gosh, I wish I could have heard this earlier because I'm so sad to see you go. So get in early, but if not, and if you've tried to fix it, my top tip for exit interviews is keep it real. Tell it how it is. If there's problems, the best thing you can do is tell the organisation and, and give them that info so they can fix it. So that's it. That's what I'll do from now on. Good one. <laughs> you planning Thanks, on Shelley. leaving? No, I'm not no, planning okay, on going good. anywhere. I love my job. I'm a sucker. I was on holidays. I'm like, oh, but I just really want to go back to work. Oh, yeah, that is – you're I a know. sucker. I All right. Know. All right. Thanks. Over to you guys. Thanks, Thanks Shell. And I am so proud girls. of these girls. So the, we started My Millennial Career. We launched it on, I don't know, start New Year's Day. New Year's Day. And I got the calculator – I think we planned to do it fortnightly, but then I scheduled it weekly and we ran out of episodes. So, <laughs> but conversely, then just we, we did their podcast good because there wasn't a heap of like, remember some of the episodes when we first started, it was like 15 minutes of just banter and talking crap. 15? 
And they got straight to the point. So we're learning, we're learning. So Is there anyone here from day one? Anyone here from day one? No. Oh. Well, what up, uh, Lauren? Lauren, good work. I, I don't have Sorry a gift to you. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, Aaron, Aaron was there from day one. She was. Uh, shout she, out, Aaron. She left day 50. Day 50. <laughs> So if you haven't already checked out My Millennial Career, it is a banger, a total banger. So now what we're going to do, I'm going to invite Fred Spester, the co-founder of finder.com.au to interview him and let him tell us all about the brand new Finder app that's just out now. So give him a hand, everybody. Hey, Fred. Hey, John. So thank you so much for hosting us and really getting behind everything we're trying to do with the Australian public and educating them with their finances and being encouragement and all that. So thank you so much for letting us in tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. It's amazing to have you guys and have the whole crew here as well, the whole team. Yeah. Woo. So we've got everyone. It's a, it's a moving beast. So <laughs> I'm the beast. <laughs> Wasn't it like that cartoon like if it was released now they would like arrest the writer of it or something like because it's so weird it's like this beast and this girl anyway <laughs> I think you're supposed to cut that part out yeah so. I'll edit that one out clicking oh wow this is wild <laughs> but it's like he's an animal dating a young woman <laughs> is that not crazy I think you go to different parts of the internet than everyone else here yeah Uh, I'll look out for the finder of you. <laughs> oh, man. This is wild. All right. I always forget people are, like, looking at us. <laughs> so, Fred, Nutshell, what have you created and when is it live? How long have you been making it for? Yeah, so we've, we've been working on this app that automatically helps you compare um, all your financial products. I've been working on it for about a year and a half now. Um, you know, Finders um, obviously taken this big step and, and, you know, with this new consumer data, right, that's coming out, it's been legislated now by the ACCC, which is awesome. Um, and so now we have control of our data to put it into third-party apps and we thought, hey, you know, we can help out and we can automatically start comparing your, your finances for you. Yeah, so what's like Finders, I guess, core reason to exist? Like what do you aim to do for people? Yeah, our, our whole entire business is about helping the world make better decisions. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I guess it's a bit of a social mission because a lot of people, you know, they go to our site and they read articles and they get lots of tips and, you know, we don't necessarily make much money from that. Um, and obviously, it, there's a massive amount of data that our crew here are just gathering together and updating and keeping up to date. It takes a lot of work. Um, but I think at the core, you know, the real vision deep down that I, I would love us to realize is that, you know, in some small way, if you can make better decisions and decisions are all you've got in your life and those little decisions, if you can, you know, save $10 here, you can save $20 on your health insurance. You know, I can imagine there's that single mom in, you know, she's a, she's a dressmaker and she just needed that sewing machine and she could get a loan at a cheaper price. And that's what enabled her to save enough money to buy her six-year-old a, a bike. You know, and that's what he always wanted. And mm. in some small way, I, I, I hope that Finder can deliver on that. 
and and I think everyone here has been working real hard to make that happen. Yeah, and I think it's really cool because like our podcast, we just want to provide a platform to have a discussion about stuff. Like I'm not telling anyone to use any certain specific products or whatever. And I guess like with finder.com.au, you guys are going, hey, this is the universe, here's a review, um, choose your own adventure based on the information. So you said, um, so the single mum, who's the app for? I think the app is for someone who, you know, is looking to save money all the time. You know, they might have a, a personal goal, um, you know, they're saving for a loan, they're saving for a holiday. You know, like, like a lot of the crew here, the, the whole team's here, by the way, which is awesome. Big shout out to the team. Shout out team. Um, and, 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 and I just wanted to flag something as well. I don't celebrate getting a mortgage. I celebrate paying off a mortgage. Yeah. Like, big ups to anyone who pays off a mortgage. We should celebrate that. They used to have mortgage parties. Really? Yeah, in the past. Wow. Um, I don't know where that changed, but, you know. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think... Can't afford it, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, eventually I think, you know, you can mm. um, if you're committed and you keep saving. And I think that someone who's proactive, right? A proactive investor, someone who's, you know, comes out to events like this, you listen to this podcast right now, you're informing yourself and you want to make smart decisions and you just needed some extra software basically to just keep running and checking for you mm. and just keep... So, you know, shaving that $10, shave that $20 a month, it just all adds up. Yeah, so just on that, like, so for example, I log into, and there's actually no other app like this out there. I had a look at it the other day. It's just wild. Like, so for example, you connect your app to it and it receives the transaction data, for example. So it's not as if the, the bank is sending heaven and earth and you're, you know, your second kidney's blood type or something like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> Didn't you know your kidneys have two different blood types? Gosh, he is. Jeez. Um, so you collect, you're harvesting this kind of data. So, for example, if it said, like, Glenn James' bank account, every month there was a $92 bill from Telstra or Vodafone or something, you guys would be able to just lay the land and say, oh, you know what? You're spending $92 a month. Why don't you check out this $80 plan that we've seen? So it can actually proactively help you save money right you know and 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 i think people like you tend to pay this much money you know based on your transactions and based on you know certain information and the more you you submit to it the more you give the information it gets smarter and smarter um so there's quizzes in there and it helps you you know um give it basically gives you better suggestions as you go along mm. um and 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 but you know uh, a lot of these things um, take time, and there's a crew here been working tirelessly. You know, everyone, you know, you, everyone has a job. This is the creation that they put behind this, and we're continuously improving this. So this is just the beginning as yeah. well. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so excited with like this open banking thing that's happening. Actually, can you explain what open banking is for someone who's never heard of that? Yeah, so open banking is. Um, it's just the railway lines that allow you to share your bank transaction data with other applications. Yeah. So um, a, a, a perfect example is when you're in the future, what's going to happen is um, you'll apply for a loan. Um, and while you're applying, you'll just click a button to approve that, that um, bank to get your information. And then they can basically get your, your income and, and they can verify that. And it increases your chances of getting the loan. Um, and I've seen this technology in the UK. I've just come back and I, I am slightly jet lagged still, yeah. so I apologize about <laughs> that. Um, but it, 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 it's, it's real. This is, this is, this is, it's what finance should be. 
And I don't think there's going to be much talk about open banking. It's kind of like, isn't that just like, you know, who talks about TCP IP on the internet? No one cares about that. This is just imagine the railway line that allows you to quickly share that information. And I think that's all it is. Yeah, totally. And just on that, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, see, the advantage of this is I'll just cut this out. No one will hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's showbiz baby yeah <laughs> and I was looking over before to make sure I did press record so the app itself when it's available on the app store and actually before I get onto that we'll have a link in the show note for any m3 listener mm -hmm. to have a play with the app and there's a code and there's a link we'll put all the details there before it actually goes to market mm -hmm. so if you want to get in and experiment and give it a try uh, please do that and any feedback, let the team know via the app or send us feedback on Instagram and we can get it to the team. So once it goes live on the Google Play Store and Apple Store, how much will the app cost and is there a, an ongoing subscription or anything like that? Yes, it, it, it's, um, it, it doesn't have any cost. Um, it's free and um, we've also bundled in that you get your free credit score. So and, and obviously I'm sure... You know, everyone who's listening, credit scores are going to become very, very important in the future uh, because they're changing the way um, you'll actually um, a bank will, will judge you in, in your loan, and you'll be able to see what the bank sees. So you can, you know, increase your chances of getting that mortgage or that loan, or whatever it may be, um, and that's for free as well. Wow. Um, yeah, and I think I think a lot of those things have taken us a lot of time to build, um, and they cost money for us. But you know, we think again. If, I think you'll make a better decision in your life if you know this information before you go and make those big choices because if you get rejected it does hurt you again in the future and there's a certain you know ramifications you just thought let's share this information yeah and what do you think i guess the future of banking looks like in australia and i will and I haven't done it yet but i may be able to do it right now i would like to invite you on to do an episode about the future of money and all that because that'd be kind of cool, hey, you reckon? So what do you see, like, if you had a little elevator pitch of what's happening out there? You know, I, I think that um, we're um, hitting a moment in time where, you know, everyone talks about fintech, but I actually think we're in the age of tech fin, where tech companies are entering into financial services. Because um, actually financial services companies were revolutionary in what they did you know we used to write everything on a on a book with a mm. pen and that's where your bank account was and then they they actually moved to technology and databases and they brought us to the internet and they've done some great work and 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 i actually think it should be admired that our banking system what what it does um i was just recently in the philippines and, and also in poland and it's a little different actually poland's now really gotten ahead but the philippines is is yeah mm. it's, it's pretty cash based yeah um but where you were going is these cables are going to be plugged into the bank and you're going to be able to use other apps, you know, potentially like the Finder app and you can see your bank account and you can make payments. We may issue a, you a card mm. and you can, you can use the Finder account. You may choose where you want to, you know, put that money. Um, I think you'll be instantly be able to buy shares. You should be able to instantly buy cryptocurrency, instantly be able to um, compare certain things. You know, the future is, is, is banks are the infrastructure Right, and and on top of it are going to be all these services that we use. Yeah, and and you imagine like a robot going out and and doing those things for you. I think that's where we need to go. I reckon there'll be banks in the future. You'll never be able to call the call center because all they are is a ledger. 
they are underneath these other companies that are on top. So I, I met like um, a company called Oval Money in, in Italy, and they built on top of a bank and issued this new card on top. And it's incredible. You can like one-click buy, you know, managed funds. You can one-click buy um, term deposits. You know, there's just the 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 we are in the precipice, and, and everyone here is going to experience this. Is where banking um, and financial services and shares and investing are finally getting the technology that is needed to make it convenient and easy to do. Because I, I've given, I'm sure everyone's speaking to this, but I've given my bank my name and birth date so many times, and yet, yeah. I, like, I, I'm not sure how you don't know who I am. Yeah, you have all my money. Yeah, um, and you've got lots of it. Yeah, look. You know. <laughs> so for those who have, go back and listen to the episode that I interviewed Fred. Who and really congratulations on that. Like, give him a hand. Like, and this is why. Because it's like we've got a young Australian who's created an Australian company who's impacting the world. And you can the more people you help, and we talk about this in the episode we've got coming up about how to get rich or how to be successful, I don't know. But the more if you just focus on helping people, the better the money just happens. Like Bill Gates just helped millions and millions of people. Oh, by the way, he's got billions and, and billions and billions and billions. <laughs> so, yeah, so thanks for that. <laughs> thanks, well, thanks for making Finder and making lives better. So. Yeah. So I, don't on, to, I don't know how to exactly reply to that yeah, in the best a, way. It was but like I, on Finder, Tony Jones, we'll just take that as a comment. Yeah. No, on, on Q&A, Tony Jones. But just on that, the bank, you know, they do have all your information and it sucks when you call and they want you to clarify and you're like, well, you called me people or, but is the app safe? Are you selling our data to Cambridge Analytica? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> if yes, how much? <laughs> I, I absolutely refuse to sell people's data. That's something I'm big on privacy personally. I left Facebook in 2012. I don't, I don't trust that whole ecosystem and where it's going and those kind of things. Um, you know, I, I just... Finders never had a call centre. Like, we don't hassle you. We don't, we don't hound you. you. Basically, most people use Finder anonymously. We don't even know who you are. You can get a credit card. You can get a loan, all those kind of things. We've never asked for that information. This information is done in a, in a way where, you know, we don't actually personally identify you. You, you, you. We just look at your data anonymously and we say, hey, we've noticed these things... It's up to you what you want to do, you know, and that's it. And, and that's, that's what I think the world I, – I, I have a view on this. I believe in privacy. It's something which I, I truly – I'm very passionate about because, you know, I think if you can, um, I guess, keep information that's yours in a safe place, I think it's a great thing. And it's your, it's your information, and that's what this consumer data rights all about as well, right? Yeah. So yeah. we have we have like a team of security guys. We've done security tests and bombed our own thing. Actually, we set off. I don't know if you, this is a little story. There's a thing called a chaos monkey, and so a chaos monkey basically goes out fun. and it. Um, you set it off in your own code and you make it do chaotic things. Wow! And to basically protect yourself. And so you know we're just constantly trying to test and, and make ourselves you know to that level of, of um, security, which has taken a long time for us. But as I said, we've got, um, we think fundamentally um, that it's not negotiable 
to sell your data. I, I am not negotiable on that. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Love it. Well, thank you so much for, again, explaining to everyone at home about the new app. And thanks for giving the group, and for those listening, the people who came, came to the Sydney event tonight, we did get a bit of a deep dive and have a bit more of a look at the app. But if you are interested in trying it out, jump onto the link in the show notes and we hope to get you on soon to talk about the future of money if you'll have us. I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of ideas. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's give Fred a big hand. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Don't get your jacket. And the team at Finder have given all of us a T-shirt to pick up on the way out. So grab your T-shirt and then just sneak back in for lunch one day. <laughs> they, I was here once and they give... So this is how cool the culture is. They provide lunch for people like every day. How nice was so, it? Yeah. We sat here for like two hours. Yeah, we did the yeah. interview with Fred and... Yeah. yeah. All around the world. All around the world, oh, yeah. So, you know, if you want to ever get a cool job... Uh, you can always try and get one here because it's free lunch and it was delicious. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to give John 15 minutes, less, max, less, less to chat with Nige because he's got to go, about um, a live case study. See you later if I don't see you again. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for your support. So, so thanks, Nigel, from Your Home Financial Solutions. If you just stand in front of that line... Uh, for helping us with the event tonight and I know you help a lot of our listeners and I know you personally help me and I'm a pain and I thank you. So I'll give it yeah. over to you and John. Cool. Thanks, he, he dresses better than you or I, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> Far away, Nigel. Or do you want me to start? Well, you can start. Okay. Ask me a question, John. So you're, you're, uh, we've got a case study, haven't we? That's correct. Yes, this is an actual case study from a My Millennial Money listener. Yep, so give me the brief. Uh, Don't so tell me too much. I won't though. give any personal details away. No. Uh, let's call her Annie. It's not a real name. Um, so <laughs> this client was a My Millennial Money listener, so she was educated in finance. Um, she's done really well. She had uh, an investment property that she'd purchased back in 2018. Um, when she purchased that property, she put down a large deposit. So she'd done the right thing, so she thought. Um, large as in 20%? 20% deposit, yep. correct. Um, she went into her local credit union um, because they were warm and fuzzy with their customer service. Right. Uh, and um, they told her that, that was the way to set it up, to save on mortgage insurance. Okay. Uh, and she was paying principal and interest on yep. that mortgage. Uh, when she came to me, she done really well and had uh, 70k saved up, and she wanted to buy a second investment property. Okay. So the first thing that I looked at doing was what did she already have? So I look at her existing mortgage. Yeah. And then look at her existing property. So the first thing we did was to get a real value of her investment property. Yep what she bought it for or what it was actually worth now. So we conducted three separate valuations with three different lenders. Okay, so why three? Um, to get a good broad range of the, the market. Um, banks have got their own individual valuers that go out there. Yep. Um, they've got their own opinions, they've got their own data that they get internally from the bank and their own instructions. Yeah. 
So from the result of that, the valuations range dramatically. Two are actually the same. Mm. Uh, one of them was 20K more than the other one. Okay. So that was the defining factor why we went to that bank. So if I went to a bank only, no, not nominating anyone, uh, I would only be allowed one valuation because of that bank only having a panel of lenders, yeah? Correct. Yeah. That's right. So the benefit of going to someone like yourself is you can coerce yourself around different lenders and order different valuations. That's correct, yeah. Yep. So as a broker, we've got the ability to order valuations yep. essentially up front cool. uh, before we submit an application. So we get a, um, a, a, an accurate understanding of what that property is worth to that particular lender. Yeah. No brainer in my world. I've done this exercise many times personally and the most variation I've had in the three valuations been 150000 Yeah, and that's on an existing property like yeah rubbish yeah so that determined basically my choice of lender no loyalty towards anyone when that happens um bugger the interest rates it's i'm getting more equity over here off i go 100 percent. so her um her goal was to buy a second investment property so uh and she wasn't even getting a good interest rate at the the credit union she was paying 4.33 uh, and that was principal and interest. Wow. So that's actually um, the best, essentially, rate that they had for yep. investment. Wow. Um, and we, what we'd done was we refinanced the property number one. We then leveraged that up to 90%. She paid some LMI. So when you say refinance, you've taken it from the credit union and taken it to another lender with a better interest rate. Correct. And released some equity. Correct. Right. Yep. So what we did was um, the interest rate went down to 3.71. Yep. Um, because she was looking at building a property portfolio, um, cash flow is important uh -huh. um, to, um, to maintain uh, consistently buying property. So uh, we converted that property one to interest only. What we then did was um, take out a second loan against that property number one. So we refinanced essentially what we call dollar for dollar refinance. So copied the, the loan that she had um, and took it across to a second lender. Um, and then we took out a second loan against that property, um, which we used for deposit on property number two. Um, and the reason we did that was because um, that makes the properties what we call standalone. Um, Typically, if you walk into a bank, they will set it up where you've got two properties with two loans and they use both properties as security. Um, so everything's what we call cross-collateralised uh, against each other. Um, that's really good for the bank because that means that essentially you're stuck. Um, you can't sell one property without asking, like, well, going back to them. You can't refinance one without looking at the whole portfolio. Um, but... Typical good housekeeping, I guess, for a broker or certainly if you're looking at doing fine, um, uh, investment is um, splitting them up. So we use um, two loans against one property and the second one's deposit on the next one. And what she then did was with that equity that we are able to release from property number one, she then went and brought her second property okay. with essentially no cash down. Yep. So, so when she came to me, she was prepared to spend that 70K uh, on buying her next property. But by restructuring the first one, she was actually able to buy 
Property number two. Property number two. Okay, so just clarifying those loans, so refinance to another lender, um, there's two loans. One of it's the loan that's carried across that she's had for investment property one. The second part of the loan is the 70 grand that's been taken as equity. Correct. So which is paper value money that you've got a loan on now for 70K to go and use as a deposit for that next property. So are those two loans with the same lender? They are with the same lender, They are. Yes. So yes. they're with the same lender, but they're not cross-securitized. Does that make sense? So they're standalone. So if that was just one loan, i.e. 400,000 instead of 330 and 70, that would be cross-securitized. Correct. Yep. That's right. Make sense? Yeah. The crowd's nodding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, further um, point on that, it, it's, it's um, good housekeeping for the future. So in a year or two, when you want to look at buying another property, um, you can then go back to each individual property separately. So next time around, we will value both properties independently and um, one property may go up, one property may stay the same or it may even go down in value. Um, If it stays the same or drops, we will just leave that off the table and won't look at it Um, and we can just focus on getting equity out of the one that has increased. Okay, so I'm making up some figures here. So I've got 330 and I've got 70. I'm taking the 70 and putting it as a deposit on investment property number two. And then I buy a house for 500,000. The 430, which is the 70 and the 430 to make up the 500, don't worry about Stan for the moment, um, is the 430 with the same lender or another lender? Uh, in this scenario, they're all with the same lender. So okay. the, the, the three loans with the one lender. But still not crossed? They're still not crossed. No. Love it. No. Love so it. there's three loans uh, on two properties. Uh, and the reason we all stayed with the one lender was because we were able to negotiate a better, better, a better rate. interest rate. Yep. So she Which was at the was level 3. where... 3.71. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And that was at the time, that was in December last year. Um, And that was interest-only investment, which was was not a bad rate at the time. So all of her loans now, which are three of them? Correct. Are interest-only? Correct. At 3.73, all investment? Correct. Great. So going back to the start, what that's done is not only has she got a lower interest rate, but she's also got less less repayments on a monthly basis because there's no principal being paid down on them. Now, for those conservative, they might be thinking, well, hang on a minute, we're not paying down any of the loans here. What's going on? But depending on what your long-term goal is, that extra cash, six or seven grand a year of what would be principal, can be used towards what? Investment property number three or your principal place of residence that you're going to buy at some stage if you haven't already got it. Correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Pretty good. Sorted. So she's actually got goals at the end of this year. Um, she actually wants to buy a third, a third property. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So she's aggressive, young Annie. Aggressive. Correct. Yes. Young Annie. Yeah. <laughs> and she is Gentle also. Annie. She's a single mum, so she's got she's got two kids. Okay. Um, she lives at home with her her mother, so she's living wow. rent vesting, I guess, at home. Um, so she's really That's work, awesome. working hard to to build a, a portfolio on her own. Yep. Yeah. Great work, Annie. So thanks, Nige. So what you're saying, Nigel, you're not in the mortgage business. You're in the business of hopes and dreams. That's yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now we are running out of time, but yep. to make it up to you, I might do another little episode 
when I get back from the States, just, <laughs> just with you only. We'll do a deep dive into some Q&A. Okay, sounds All good. right? And on your way out, there's a little bag for everybody that you probably saw on the way in that you got some little goodies in there, don't you? There is. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. So yeah. this is, yeah, you're my boy. <laughs> you're my broker boy. <laughs> hey. I don't discriminate. <laughs> so everyone, if we can give Nigel from Your Home yeah, Financial Nige. Solutions a hand. And a shout out to Carly, our community manager. She was going to be here tonight, but she's not well. So ah. yeah, she got coronavirus. Yeah. No. <laughs> she wishes, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Too many Coronas. Too many Coronas. Mm. So thank you so much, Nigel. And Nigel's hanging around. Uh, so at the end, if you've got any other questions. For dinner and for breakfast For tomorrow. dinner and for breakfast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got his... Yeah. Mm. So thank you, Nigel. Um, Thanks, Nigel. So uh, can you give us 20 more minutes? Yeah? Because we're going to ask... We're going to get you to ask us some questions. Mm. Before we do that, I'm going to put Sally on the spot. Sally, you run a little podcast. Tell us about your podcast. So at Finder, we have our own podcast. A little bit of competition. Uh, <laughs> it's called Pocket Money. Uh, and we cover basically everything from everyday budgeting, but also up to bigger and maybe some more weirder topics. So uh, we're about to jump into season two. So expect some episodes about designer dogs, designer babies, uh, and also, you know, just some other stuff about investing, saving, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Love it. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll do a collab. Let's do a collab. Collab. Yeah, let's do a collab. <laughs> so let's get into some uh, questions. And actually, it's funny because uh, I've got a wireless mic, they're just... <laughs> pays for itself, doesn't it? Unbelievable. I can just walk around. Best 700. Best 700 I spent. Mm. And what I'm going to do, and so if you've asked the question, you've given us permission to record because Jess is so wonderful. She put a little privacy question on the thing. It's like, do you want to be recorded? And the people have said, no, I'm not going to record you. So good. <laughs> so That's why she's on the big bucks. That's why she's on the big bucks. So Shirley, what up? Hey. Would you be able to read your question there at the very top? That's really good, actually, because I forgot what I asked. Hold on. Oh, I should have asked a smarter question. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you guys talk about behaviours a lot. So how do you get over the whole I, instant gratification thing? Like when you see something, just not buy it just because you have the cash to buy it, you know? Love that. And Glenn, Glenn doesn't know. Yeah, I will answer that. Uh, shorter answer is have no idea. But the second, I'm going to go because it's kind of the same question from Katie. So can we pass the mic down to Katie? And it's, it's the second bit of paper. The second, second, second question. <laughs> um, what is the best way to control impulse online shopping, particularly at 12 a.m.? All tips required. <laughs> wow. Um, I, yeah, personally I would say you've got to have a, a, an eye or both eyes on the long game. 
So knowing what your money aspirations are for the next six months, 12 months, and then way into the future, so that that motivation and drive deters you from making those silly decisions in the short term. Um, that's all I've got for Out, you. It outweighs. I would say a couple of things. Um, I would echo your comments, John. Yeah. Thank you. Echo. It's echo, like I'm a politician. Uh, but secondly, I think we have to have some type of self-imposed rule or hack. So I've talked about this before. It's the 1% rule. And it is if you earn 80K a year, your net income might be 60 grand a year. 1% of that is $600, okay? Now, that's a lot of money just to blow online or whatever randomly. So maybe your rule is 0.5 of a percent. So I am not spending, because I had to put the 1% rule in my own life that I can't spend over 1% of my net income without sleeping on it. And Now you put a zero on it, so it's 10 10%, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and soon to be 100. Yeah, so I think you need to, one, have that goal that yeah. outweighs the desire. Mm. Like how bad do you want your current goal? Mm. Another thing is well, as well, work out how much you earn per hour. And if you earn $40 an hour and there's a $80 pair of jeans, it's like, oh, do I want to work two hours for this pair of jeans? Mm. Is it actually it. worth it? Yep. Oh, another cool. way, another thing right. that I would do, oh, I lost my train of thought again because <laughs> you wanted to move on and I was like camping no, no, here. You're all. Uh, what else? Da, da, da. Anyone got any ideas? We can just do over mic. We'll outsource the podcast. Any ideas of how to stop spending? Yeah. Turn, turn off the internet. Um, I used to have a really big spending problem um, and one of the things I did to try and help that is I unsubscribed to a lot of the emails that I was getting from retailers mm. and stuff like that. And I stopped following a lot of pages on Instagram from like clothes and stuff. And I've found that I've stopped spending a lot more because out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's cool. So mm. that's a real, any other ideas? And I'll, I'll pass the mic down here. And I, another thing I do, I really quarantine my money. So I don't have access. Like I put a photo on Instagram today of my blow account today and had a dollar left in it. But it's cool because today's payday. Party. So the system's working. <laughs> I feel so poor. So I'll pass this mic along. And if you can say your name and tax file number for the ATO. <laughs> I generally don't ever spend money whilst on an empty stomach because I find that you're much more impulsive when oh, you're on yes, empty stomach. Oh, yes, that is a good one. Yeah. It's like going shopping and like eating, doing your groceries on an empty stomach. Or likewise, or if you've had a hardcore like nose beers party, <laughs> put away your card. Any other... I'm sorry for everyone up here that you have to sit so low. I'm so sorry. Any other money tips up here? We're just outsourcing. Leon, you'd have something, wouldn't you? Just don't want stuff. Just don't want stuff. <laughs> Minimalism. Minimalism. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So yeah. I think it's about just having that goal, having a trade-off. Uh, oh, that was another thing. You might say, I've worked two hours for this pair of jeans. Do I want it? Mm. Or it could be this $200 X. Am I willing to get a cheaper brand X to give me $100 to put somewhere else? So it's that trade-off thing. Yeah. 
And there's no exact science. No, there's not. Particularly when you ask me, a spendaholic, a question like that. True. You go and live off the grid. Live off the grid. Um, here we go. Kayla, where are you? Can you read your question, please? Okay, so good ways to stay motivated when your circle of friends are just not that, like, just not in the same headspace, i.e. their house-saving goals are to marry rich. <laughs> Thank you. Dump your friends. <laughs> good strategy. Interestingly enough, it is hard, and I think that's why we've got the ability with uh, technology like the M3 group to share your goals and inspiration because... The saying that I made for the podcast mm -hmm. is we do not discriminate against any goals and we champion any movement towards your goal. Mm. And could you want a better friend than that? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, uh, well, yes. Well, they, yeah. So, we've got some listeners here. We've got Irina, Kayla, Emmeline, and Shirley. They've just met tonight and, you know, see where we go in a few years. But I think. <laughs> <laughs> What's <laughs> like, that about? No, like friends. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but you're right around the, the circle of influence. Yeah. Like, because, like, I, I know I've got friends that I'll go out and have a drink with mm. and I've got friends that I'll go and train with. Mm. They're, they're different friends for yeah. different purposes. Can so, I name and shame my friends? <laughs> on the podcast? Yeah. Go for it. Can I? Do you want me to? Yeah. So shout out to Tim Cooper. Uh <laughs> Dirty Mike Moscow and Tim Moscow because on the 28th of this month, well, I'll, I'll step back. I'm going to the States next Tuesday and my favourite band are playing in Sydney while I'm in LA. Can't make it. They're playing in Auckland on the 28th of Feb. So I got an air ticket via New Zealand and then on the way back, I'll stop there for two nights and I said to the guys, hey, do you want to see Tool with me in Auckland? They're like... Yes. I'm like, great. And I bought four tickets. Oh. And guess who's not coming? All, all three of them. All three. Oh. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so if you're listening sell, and sell you're in, them on the community. <laughs> yeah, so if you're in Auckland and you want to come to yeah. tour with me, I got three tickets. <laughs> yeah. Twenty eight. Nah, and and the weird thing, Tim I think even booked his Jetstar air ticket and shout out to his wife Karinya. Mm. <laughs> she booked a family camping trip for that weekend. Oh, <laughs> oh. Hope it was a start affair. Oh, it's just wild. Wow. So there you go. If All you right. want to um, talk about friends. So yeah. I'm going to a concert by myself. What up, Guy? So Guy, shout out. If you're ever in Sydney at the galleries, Guy owns the grilled restaurant. Yep. And I've been there like three times in the last month and you haven't been there. I know, sorry, mate. I have too many days off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to the Summer Sunset with Cheese listeners. Um, so if I can get you to read your question and John will answer that. Sure. Hey, John. Um, hey, Guy. Investment property value significantly dropped since purchase due to higher supply and lower demand in that area. Yep. Uh, so it's around Parramatta. Is it worth holding long term or cutting my losses and focusing on ETFs instead? Hmm. How long have you had it? Two years? Uh, almost three now. Three. Look, property in my mind or any type of investing that I personally delve into is long term. So, yeah, whilst not great, 
to to have that happen in, in the first two or three years. Reality is it does sometimes. Um, I think over the long term it, it performs for you, um, even if the, you can see an oversupply now, which is evident um, in Parramatta. So it'll gradually get sucked up and it'll move on and and over the long term it will perform for you. However, if you if you need that money in the short term, then you may have to cut your losses and, and move out. But the cost of getting in and out of property is great with stamp duty and, and legals and agents fees and those sort of things. So I'm very bullish about not just continually getting in and out of property. If you're getting out of property and into ETFs and going down that strategy, just own it and, and go with it and don't look back and never look at the prices of Parramatta again. Um. <laughs> Hang on one sec. Um, it was brand new at the time of purchase, so I can claim depreciation and stuff like that. It is an investment property. Yeah. So, so if, I, if you think it's a good idea, like that's what I was thinking, but I just wanted to get some more input. Yeah. So two ways you can make money or two ways you've got to look at cash flow and capital growth. Is it giving me cash flow? Is it giving me capital growth? If it's none of those two and it's costing me money to hold and it's affecting my lifestyle, then you, you're at the crossroads. You've got to make a hard decision. But if with depreciation, bless you, you've... Um, <laughs> Depreciation. No, you are the blessing, John. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With depreciation, tax benefits while you're still working and those sort of things, it's giving you a positive outcome after tax, then at least it's doing one of those things for you. Yeah, does that help? Yes. Cool. All right, free grilled next time. It's, um, (laughs) I I just think these wireless mics, I'm at the back of the room. Yeah. They're like so good. (laughs) Hey, Hey, Jeremy, how are you? I'm going, Glenn. Are you, are you going? I've got to go. Okay, yeah. see you, mate. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, your help. John. Appreciate your support. John's... I feel like... Sh- I probably should get out the front, but actually, James, come with me and help. So, James Millard is a very good friend of mine. He's a financial advisor. We've travelled the world together. There's a wireless mic there. Nathan <laughs> will give it to you. And we'll help answer these questions. Now, where is Kirsten? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Okay, this is a good one for you, James. Is All that right. on? This Sweet. is working. Sweet. Oh, yeah. No, I'll go. I'll go with the one. Um, maybe I'll stand so you'd see me. Um, how do you how to establish multiple forms of income when you work full time? Very good Ooh. question. Well, let's go up the front. Let's go up the front. Um, Kirsten, was it? Yeah. Yep. So, Kirsten, one option. Full-time work, I guess, is it nine to five? Uh, yeah. yeah, nine okay. to five. So side hustles is a good start. Um, side hustles could be anything. It could be a hobby. It could be a side business. It could be Uber. It could be anything. Uh, if it's a hobby, I would, I would literally start with use, – use it as a hobby. So if you're trying to start a business, something like that could be anything you're interested in see if it's got legs as a business, just test it with family, friends, and then take it from there. Um, Other options is obviously investing and things like that. Like, I guess, some multiple streams of income. One thing to always remember with this is passive, passive income doesn't, doesn't come easy. Passive income, earning passive income is a myth for most people because they don't realise they've actually got to work their ass off to get to that point. 
So there's all sorts of things that can create passive income for you. Um, but you've got to put the hard yards in to do that. And that could be a business, that could be chipping away into an ETF that then turns into something or creating an investment bond or something like that for family. Investment properties will create passive income while you're working full time, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. Can I ask you, can I put you on the spot? Yeah. What, what are you doing for work, like conceptually? Like my actual job? Um, I'm a social researcher, so we do like uh, trends in generations and stuff. So do you love your work? Uh, yes. <laughs> so I think the whole thing with sources of income, it's, there's got to be a passion to come underneath it or it's actually just a waste of time and will cause more stress. So I would think you love your job. Can you think about maybe in your workplace, are there systems, are there things that you see that's a problem that you can think of a solution for? and then maybe commercialise that. So the whole thing with making money, hey. <laughs> hey. <Wow. laughs> the, the whole thing with making money is to solve problems for people. So can you see something in your life, in your world, in passions, if you're in a community group or something that, oh, this is a pain in the butt. I'm using a plastic spatula, there needs to be metal ones or something, and think about doing that. But it is a long game, but I would just totally focus on um, how can you help people and are you good at it and is there a passion behind it? Because if you go and um, start a business on the side and you're doing it just for money, what will happen is when the times get tough, you will quit because there's no underlying passion. And I'm sure, Fred, you've been there with um, the hard times. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the moments when you just got to keep going. It's like persistence and a belief that, uh, you know, this will pass. Yeah. yeah. And if you didn't have that passion, you just would stop. So I would actually suggest reading the book The Dip by Seth Godin, which really mm. talks about once you start something, it's when it gets tough, will you quit or not? And I think, I don't know if it probably hasn't helped you, but find your passion, try and help people solve problems. And Georgia, where are you? Give me a heave ho. No, <laughs> maybe she didn't come. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, any tips for nervous first-time property investors and any tips for nervous first-time share investors? So, I mean, broadly, property, I mean, generally, you're going to be borrowing money. So just work out that it's affordable. Work out, we're having this conversation today with someone that she was trying to work out how much she could borrow. Uh, and Glenn's 30% rule came up. And so we were talking about that and the idea of just spending 30% of your income on somewhere that you live. And that's that's a really, really good place to start. But have a look at your situation specifically and just think through how much am I earning? Do I have a bit more of a buffer? How much have I been saving? How much rent am I paying? Add all of that up and then think through, all right, well, am I doing the same thing or am I going to be spending more than that? And if I am, how much of a buffer is still there? And so that's one level of comfort financially that you can just set up and just be, be sure of it. But just think of it, all your fallback. Um, when it comes to shares, I don't know, most people are scared of the market tanking. 
have a look at those graphs that you can Google, have a look at what's happened over the last 10, 20, 30 years, uh, and then just make sure that if you are buying shares that it is a long-term approach. So don't buy to hope to pull it out next year. That's not a smart option. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like anything, we often fear and get nervous and get scared about things we don't understand, right? Like how many things, like I get fearful when I go to the doctors to get a hepatitis shot. I don't know. But like the doctor's like, yeah, no big deal. Plonk. It's, it's the like, dentist done. for me. Yeah. But I mean, if you understand that, no, this is routine, this is basic stuff. So on the property thing, if you, and this is the whole thing, like if you're about to drop four, five, six hundred dollars $600, whatever that is on a big flipping investment, get some advice, do a clarity call with John, get information, do his online property course. Like if you get, I always bring a calculator and I wasn't going to bring it. So if John's course, I don't even know how much it is, $350, for example, divided by, I don't know, 580,000. Are you willing to spend 0.06% of that purchase price to get some information before you pull the trigger. Are you willing to do that? Because that will help you understand it. And on the shares thing, if you had say a grand saved and uh, 10 grand saved, I'm like, I want to invest in the share market, but I'm scared, like I'm so scared. I'm scared, <laughs> I'm scared James. <laughs> I've got to work on my Trump accent. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got 10 grand to invest in shares and you're scared, don't put all the 10 grand in to start with. Put $1,000 in and don't look at it. And then two months later, open the account. Oh, still there. And just understand that you only lose money during the GFC if you redeem the shares. So play around with the micro investing stuff because yeah. that's pennies on the dollar but you can see it's it's exactly the same thing you'll so, see it going up and down and you'll feel what that's like mm, so well unless there's any other random last minute questions we've got to get the heck out of here john had to go to melbourne any other questions comments feedback raise your hand no james thank you so much so james millard sufficient funds a lot of uh, Sydney people and people around Australia, if you need help from a financial advisor, sometimes I'll introduce you to James. He's a good guy. If I, like, if I like you. Yeah. He, he uploaded no, a photo funny. like at the beach yesterday. And I'm like, oh, busy, I see. <laughs> but I was, that's, that's remote work, Glenn. Yes, he's working remotely. <laughs> So we might leave it there. Thank you so much for coming along tonight. And thank you to Finder. Thank you to Your Home Financial Solutions and Nigel for putting up with me. Thank you to Jess, to Laura, to Nath, to Franco, to Fred, to the whole Finder team. Thank you so much. Thanks, James. I think we're done. And we're done. You're being real, people. <laughs>
click get help and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, Canstar, and Finder. Find out more about Sun Super at sunsuper.com.au forward slash choose. You can join Sun Super online in under five minutes. Many people do not realize that slavery still exists in the world today. That's why My Millennial Money supports A21. We want to highlight A21 as they work to abolish slavery and human trafficking all across the world. If you want to support A21, visit a21.org.au for more information. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a high chance you have disposable income. Glenn has a mandate to get everyone giving, saving, and spending in that order. Now, we want to encourage you to be generous with your money, but choosing an effective charity can be difficult. An amazing resource you can use is thelifeyoucansave.org.au. You can donate to them and they'll distribute your donation to a variety of life-saving and life-changing charities around the world with a focus on eliminating extreme poverty. For more information, visit thelifeyoucansave.org.au. Thanks to Jess Knaus, executive producer, Laura from La La Social Club, and me, Asha. Uh, anyway, make sure you stay connected via our Instagram, our free Facebook group, or if you want to turn it up a notch and be on the inside of the show, become a member of M3 Private. For further information about what's going on, check out the links in the show notes. So, John, Glenn, there is a heap of cool goals in the group here tonight. Mm. Joanna, she's saving to start a family and she's achieving this goal by saving weekly. I believe that's Guy's better half, is it? Yeah, maybe. Can't say. You know, she put the goal wanting to start a family and you put a goal wanting to invest more. (laughs) Investing in a family. Uh, Leon is increasing his wealth by... Do you want to read some as well? No, trying to invest more. Yeah, (laughs) shout out, Leon. Uh, Leon, you're pretty active in our Facebook group. Yeah? No, it's a comment. <laughs> we need you to answer the tough questions that we don't know. <laughs> Leon's from Queensland. Is he? Yeah. Uh, okay, this is a good one. My friend Emmeline. Oh, hello. Hi. Can I read yours? I don't know what I said. You, okay. Um, Save a collective $150,000 by the end of the year with your partner. That's love that goal. Why not, right? That's great. Her partner is good at saving. I set up Glenn's spending plan to whip me into shape. Ah, look at that. That's a setup. (laughs) I don't know. This crap. Sean is saving for a holiday. Jim, who's not here, but hey, Jim, sorry, couldn't make it. Pay for renovations. Jason is saving for a house and investing. Mm. Oh, he's got a new spending plan and rejigging our bank accounts. Paulina is starting to invest in ETFs. Esh is after a new road bike. Oh, yes. So, How good's that? Uh, is she else? here? Where is she? Esh, it's a male. Where's he? <laughs> Esh. Uh, good, good boy. What are you getting? <laughs> Giant, Savello, which one? Anything fast. Okay. Katie is learning about where she should invest by listening to podcasts, reading, subscribing to reports. 
saving for a holiday. I like that. Yeah. Sean? Sean. Sean. I read that. You did. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, your yeah. name's Sean, isn't it? <laughs> did you write that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you need a goal for a yeah. dementia test. Um, <laughs> Michaela. You've got to have a balance. Hit 80K in savings and buy a house. So, oh, and look at this. I'll read this. She's using her own savings plan to save. See? Oh, yeah. I need that stuff. Hold on. So, thank you, everyone, for goals. Now, John, I'm going to... Oh, I went shopping yesterday. Unusual? Yeah. I was... You know, you know how you, like, you've, you've become a bit of an emotional spender sometimes? You know, if you've had a bad day, you've become an emotional no. spender. No, no one has ever done that. It's just you. So, I was... I went shopping yesterday to the audio shop and I'm like, what would make our live events better? $700 wireless microphones. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <Sad voice. laughs> so there you go. No regrets. Because I'm like, cause, so, so when you emotionally spend right, you've got all the justifications of the world, don't you? So I justified, it's like, no, because I can go out to the crowd and, and say, hi, Shirley. Hey, Glenn. <laughs> Hi, Belinda. Hey, Glenn. See, I well, justified that and, spend. And, and Roger would um, ethically say that you'd be able to claim that. Yes. The ATO is yeah. here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Using so, it to carry on a business. Yeah. It's just and not another car that you bought that you can't claim. No. I forgot to say something. We're, that's right. Both of my cars are in my own personal name. I'll have you all know. So I forgot to... Um, say this before we're recording so I will edit this out planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 